Well, good morning and a very happy new year from me too. We're going to be taking a short break from our series on Exodus and we'll be returning to that in a couple of weeks time. But before that, at the beginning of every new year, it's good to be able to just stop for a moment, isn't it? To give thanks for what has gone before. To get excited for what lies ahead and to be reignited again for a new year and all that our Heavenly Father holds for us within it. So I'm going to start off the new year by encouraging you to start your year with a heart full of thankfulness. I'm going to open up God's Word straight away so we can look at how we can get to do that. Thessalonians 1, 5, verse 16 to 24 says this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may the whole, your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. What a great passage to start our year off. What a great opportunity to take instruction from a piece of scripture just like this. Put our flag in the ground and say yes again to a new year with a faithful God once again leading the way for us. Doesn't it not get any better than that? I guess being asked to bring a message of thanksgiving at the close of a year that's been for so many one of the most challenging of our lifetimes. It's almost felt as if the stuff of fiction has invaded the stuff of real life in front of our very eyes. It's often felt at times, hasn't it, like we've been living in a bad dream. And it has of course been a genuine nightmare for many. How do you begin to give thanks for a year filled with such hardship and tragedy? Wouldn't it be easier just to move on, to write this past year off as simply something we need to put behind us and distance ourselves from? I've even heard people say to me, you know what? I'm just going to forget this year ever happened, as if somehow we can erase it from our memories. The reality for us, though, is that we still very much remain in the eye of the storm, don't we? We're still living in times of clear and present danger. The fact that our calendar changes 
from 2020 to 2021 has no real bearing on our current circumstances right now, do they? But we still have a great God, worthy to be thanked and praised, worshipped and adored, as the old song commands us to do. And that is something too that doesn't get to change with the year or indeed our circumstances either. So how do we ignite our thanksgiving at the end of a very challenging year and potentially at the start of another one? How do we bring our thanksgiving in to the eye of the storm? Into every circumstance of our lives? How do we allow our thanksgiving to sit well alongside our pain, our fear, our disappointments and our struggles? How do we also stop our thanksgiving from becoming something we end up doing through gritted teeth or by habit or duty? I've been guilty in the past months of doing that very thing. Another piece of bad news, another challenge, another hurting person. And it's, oh God, thank you. With my thanks sounding much more like blame than gratitude. And I thank God for his grace. Helpfully though, in our passage, we find two very clear instructions on how we go about not just properly and rightly looking back and acknowledging him as a faithful God. Verse 24, he who calls you is faithful. But making sure that our thanks look forward at what still remains and what is still yet to come. The second part of verse 24 says, he will surely do it. And the first instruction for us comes in verse 21 where it says, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Test everything and hold fast to what is good. A bank manager in Wyoming, USA, tells a story about one of his customers, an American Indian who made a fortune when they found oil on his land. This American Indian became a, a millionaire many times over, but continued to farm his land as his ancestors had done for many generations before. Despite not needing to have a worry in the world, he still brooded terribly over his farm and his land. He would regularly turn up on the doorstep of the bank first thing in the morning and, and pour out his tales of woe as the bank manager would open up. Cattle are sick, land is dry, crops are failing, would be his lament. But the very wise bank manager always knew exactly what to do. He would lead him through the bank into the vault where his fortune sat and would leave him alone with his money. After a while he would appear from the vault and 
turn to the bank manager as he was leaving and say, cattle are well, land is good, crops are ripe. God here in this verse is inviting us into his treasury, his vault of good and sustaining things. But test everything, hold fast to what is good. He's saying hold on to everything in this world and hold it up to the riches of what you find here. See how they compare and, they, and then hold on to what is good because your life will inevitably depend on it. Yes, of course, we get to look back and give thanks at the goodness and faithfulness of a God in heaven who loved us and sustained us and fought our battles. Even more so in a year like the one just gone that has found us having to cling on to him and trust him like never before. I've been so grateful for the stories and testimonies that have burst their way through the noise of the COVID battlefield. The breakthroughs, the provision, the healings and the countless reassurances of his presence in very dark life moments. He has been an unchanging and unflinching, constant and faithful God in a season of great fear and uncertainty. And I have been, as so many others have too, so grateful for his presence with us over this extraordinary year. But far greater than that, he wants us to move on to draw our thankful hearts away from what has been to what remains as our present joy in him. Like our Native American, we get to gaze in at here and now, at how rich we are when we stand and feed our eyes on the great fortune we have in the fullness of Jesus. We get to feed our eyes on truths like these. John 14 verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Psalm 16 verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. John 1 verse 16, and from his fullness, we all receive grace upon grace. Isaiah 51 verse 12, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals? Human beings are but grass. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But those who have hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run 
and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How long have I got? Somebody worked out once that if you lined up every promise of God written in the Bible back to back, it would take an average reader three and a half days to read them out. And if indeed it takes three days just to read them, then thank goodness he's given us an eternity to be thankful for them. And our other instruction is this, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The will of God doesn't get left behind in what has been. We don't get to stay there too long with that. It doesn't even remain in our present joy of him. It calls us gloriously into the joy of things yet to come. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The will of God is always on the move in our lives. It, it continually leads us on into the joy that still awaits us. A joy whose source is again found flowing from the beating heart of Christ. It now tells our thankfulness to turn its attention to future riches and invest heavily in them. God wants our thanksgiving not to end up being nostalgic for him, but expectant of him, to lead us forward and not leave us behind. It's this thanksgiving that he wants us to live our lives by and be our greatest expression of. Our finest reserve of thankfulness is to be for what is still yet to come, both in this world and in our eternal joy waiting for us. And we get to stand in wonder at these great promises too. Romans 6, 21, you will have the free gift of complete forgiveness for all your sins, extending into forever. Galatians 2, 16, you will never have to merit your justification anymore by keeping the law or doing good works. Philippians 4, 19, you will have all your real needs provided while on earth. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, you will receive all the grace you need in all times so that you will abound in every good work God has for you. Philippians 1, 6, God will complete the good work he began in you. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 to 53, you will be raised from the dead and never, ever die again. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, someday soon you will see Jesus and be with him. John 1, 3, 2, and be like him. Psalm 16, 
11 on that day you will know for the first time full unpolluted joy Romans 8 21 you will be completely free from all corruption Romans 8 17 and if children then heirs heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him and finally Hebrews 12 verse 2 looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God the joy set before you and me is incredibly the same joy Jesus had set before him at the cross and which now becomes the prime source of our thankfulness the joy of the prospect of grace upon grace isn't that amazing that we no longer remain captives to sin that we become co-heirs with him in, a, in an eternal kingdom that will not go on that will go on forever with his eternal presence that will also go on forever where we will not just see him and be with him but be like him this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you we seriously need to get our heads around that in order for our thanksgiving to fully ignite our hearts and raise us up above all our circumstances covid included when jesus broke bread in the upper room approaching the looming horror of the cross the very first thing he did was to give thanks and we can sweep past that word at times can't we without realizing its immense significance in that moment but it was the prospect of the joy set before him and all the promises of heaven that was bound up for him in that tiny six letter word it was never going to be fear or terror that would accompany Jesus to the cross however menacing that looked but the joy that awaited him beyond it and the promises of his father he saw in that moment the brilliance of his own glory come to come snuffing out the dark that lay ahead and gave thanks because of it we're going to come to the very same table in a few minutes and we too are going to get to give our thanks too as we do let me ask you this question will your thanks be loaded with the prospect of such a joy with the anticipation of grace upon grace and the rich treasure of his promises 
still yet to come. Be what reignites your heart with thanks. As we face a new year with all its uncertainties and potential trials, I pray that it will be your thanksgiving and my thanksgiving that leads the way over fear and sets our context for our year ahead. I pray that it will be treasure for you over trembling, riches over rags and joy, never-ending joy let loose from every circumstance of life. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to your table now with the joy and the prospect of you set before us, let it be our thanksgiving that defines us as your glorious church. Lord, as you are an example for us in how your thanksgiving got to dismantle the horror of the cross, so would our thanksgiving be an outstanding testament of your goodness and your rich treasure that we find in you. Lord, we pray that this year ahead of us is a year where we yet again get to glorify your name in all we have to go through and all we get to do. All nations and friends, I pray you have a blessed and spirit-filled year ahead. Amen.